Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Erin. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can find us at bff.fm every Monday morning from 5.30 to 6. You can also find us Sunday, September 8th, helping to promote the show at Cobb's Comedy Club called Really Funny Comedians Who Happen to Be Women. That lineup is Irene Tu, Natasha Muse, Sandy Steck, and hosted by Chelsea Bierce. We also hear that there's going to be some fun dropping comedians, so please get your tickets. It's CobbsComedy.com where you can find those tickets, so please support. We are heading into part two of our interview with W. Kamau Bell, which uh, was about this time last year, and he graced us with his presence for about 45 minutes, and we had a great chat with him. Uh, this was also our 300th episode release, so um, please enjoy this part two, and I'll see you on the other side. We at Pitch Talk are, like many people in this world, huge fans of Anthony Bourdain. And to be given the slot right after him, did that give you some added pressure or yeah. were, were you, or some confidence because they had the confidence in you to follow him? I mean, it was both. It was like, oh, my God, they must believe in the show. Because Jeff Zucker was clear. He's like, I'm going to give you the slot after Bourdain. And I sort of was like, what? And he's like, well, if you don't want it, I'll give it to somebody else because that's the number one slot. And I was like, no, 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 I'll take it. <laughs> but also, like, mm-hmm. the show's got to be good. And so, but also it made me feel like, you know, he's he was the cool kid at CNN. Like, you know, and, you know, a lot of people at CNN think they're cool kids. And, and they, you know, like, Anderson Cooper's a cool kid. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Don Lemon's Don a cool Lemon, kid. Yeah. And, you know, Angela Van Rye's Jones. a cool kid. Van Jones. So there's a lot of, like, sort of, like, uh, cool kids right there, but he was the coolest of the cool because he needed it. Though. It was like not something that he was like, he was got to do his own thing. He was not taking assignments from the news. And so to be linked in some way, and plus people thought, assumed that because we were following each other, that we were friends mm-hmm. and we really didn't become friendly until we went to Nairobi this past, this in February and taped an episode of his show. Um, I heard your Fresh Air interview mm-hmm. and, and I was choking up in my car and I was having a weird day. I was thinking about him a lot mm-hmm. and then your interview came on and I'm sitting in my car crying. Um, but beyond you getting to have that very special time with him, do you think he had any kind of sense of his impression on the world? Because we're just a couple of Asian American kids from, you know, I'm from here, she's from LA. Yeah. and. Do you think he knew the effect he had on people? Uh, or understood? I I mean, at some point, everybody sort of, you hear from people, like he was, I was with him, and people would come and be like, oh my God, dude, I love you, I love the show. Like, it was funny to be like, he's like, to be like, oh yeah, he's more famous than I am. Like, I don't think about it, but it was like, people were like, oh, your show's good too. But they were like so Beeline. enthralled with him. And this is, we're in Kenya, you know, we're not in, <laughs> you, know, you know, we're not in, it's like in America, we're like on the other side of the planet. They're like, you, they, they, people of all ages, races, creeds, cultures, religions were just felt like he was doing, he was showing an authentic piece of the world, a piece of, showing authentic piece of the world without getting in the way of it. And especially as a white man who does that, as a white cisgender mm-hmm. heterosexual man, especially an older guy, mm-hmm. like who's not supposed to get it, those guys generally don't get it, no. that they felt like he was, he, he had an opinion, but he was getting out of the way. Like he was like, he, he, you definitely felt like you knew who he was, but he wasn't letting who he was get in the way of your uh, taking in this authentic experience. And, and also making people go, I want to go to that place he went to. Like I've talked to many people, like I planned my honeymoon around to open yes, episode. Yeah. Makes people you less afraid. Yeah, people don't do that with the clan. I planned my honeymoon around <laughs> 
I did. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't wait to sit down with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll give you some numbers. But yeah, that cross burning was really something. Yeah. yeah. You really want to take <laughs> in? Maybe they have a like, little dinner, like an amusement park dinner theater. Yeah. 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 That, that would actually be <sighs> great, and people would do it. We well, know. well, actually, you did make me want to go somewhere, which I have been very briefly. But uh, first, I wanted to ask: Do you get paid more for your show when you dance on the show? Because you should. And, <laughs> and if you don't, you need to seriously talk to your manager or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I because when you bonus. dance on that, when you were dancing in Puerto Rico, uh, I was like, "Take me there right now!" Because he broke it down. I was hips that, don't lie. Hips don't lie. Yeah, you I was, I was and at H, the HBCU. You danced in that episode yeah, as well. Yeah. But no, Puerto Rico specifically. No, I was like, not. "Oh my god, I want to be in that dance circle." Well, I mean, that was. I, I, so first of all, that is my do- my two older daughters because my my month old daughter doesn't watch my shows. Which <laughs> not yet. But, uh, <laughs> well, but so, but my two older daughters, Sammy and Juno, like because I was away. When that show, I think, was I away? With, yeah, I was away when that uh, show was about to air or something. I wasn't at home. And so the show aired and they saw the commercials for it and they flipped out <laughs> with excitement and joy watching me just like, because, you know, I was, I'm a goofball. They know me to be a goofball, but to see me like go that, because I went all out. I really was like, I might hurt myself. I'm, I'm okay. I'm you gonna, were feeling I, the energy I was, of the and people. And also, it was like I realized what, it, like the whole thing. We, me and um, it was the woman who had been Miss Puerto Rico, uh, like had this whole like where we sat down and had a and had some food and we talked and we talked about colorism in Puerto Rico and da da da. And then this bus pulled up that we didn't plan. Like it wasn't something we had staged. And I was like, oh, what's that? And she's like, oh, they come out and they dance and they did it. And it just took over the whole scene. <laughs> and suddenly we were in the middle of it. And I think they could also see the cameras were focused at me. So those people were like, we'll focus on, let's pull that guy into the circle. <laughs> yeah, and you, you stood out. Like I, stood, I stood out, yeah. And I'm six foot four, 200 blah, blah pounds. And uh, 178 pounds. Right, I thought it was, uh, yeah, 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 high school weight. With a burrito. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I sort of like, at this, it's like, it's a singular experience and you sort of go, I can either say no no I'm fine or I can totally go all in and for me for the show I as often as possible I try to go all in and so that was like and I knew this is ridiculous and I look like awful in a hilarious way like but I'm tr- I'm actually trying but I also know that like I'm just a, there's a lot of jiggle uh, no, it, it was amazing it was, so for me, it Lisa was just Ling fun. couldn't have done that, was, like, that's the thing. that. She wouldn't have. and Bourdain wouldn't have done <laughs> no, like you know there's just no like, and for absolutely me, like, not that's the thing that we that I like that's my that's my version of making a show like this like yeah. that's my like because I'm a comedian because I want to have a good time and because I don't have much shame around stuff like that it's like it's just it was fun and it's also a thing like if no cameras had been there, I probably maybe I would have done it and had fun. But because the cameras are on, you're like, you're like, I'm just gonna go for it. You know, like <laughs> gonna, you only I'm, live once. Only live what once. are you gonna do? And the fact that my daughters—that's their number one favorite thing I've ever done. Like that if they is had to so put a top cute. ten list together, that'd be maybe number one or two. And so for me, like knowing that my kids connected to it is also pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love it. Uh, we're gonna have to wrap up soon. <laughs> Why? I want to keep talking. Do you, okay, well, hey, it's your show. You're a busy man. I don't There's, know. We'll see, I don't we'll know see. what kind of calls you have coming in. I listen to what Kamau tells me. He wants to keep talking. Yeah, we can talk for a little while longer. I'm good. <laughs> okay. we, they said thirty, so I'm just. Oh, we can. Know. Let's go forty-five. Oh, so yes. Me. All right. Well, anyways, all right. Now we can turn to over to these things. questions. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Make sure we get all the questions you want. <laughs> now we're getting to the Fifty Shades questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the Me Too movement in comedy. Um, oh yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. That was, that, I would have said that no matter what you said. Okay, no, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. That's just uh, the joke that was sitting right there. Well, it just so happens that it was. And that was it. See yeah. you later. Uh, let's go to Benny. Um, he just the audio is like, "Come out. Where are you going? <laughs> Come back." He's running out of the room. <laughs> he wants that onion volcano. Yeah, well, who doesn't? Um, you said uh, in a recent article or somewhat recent, uh, men are allowed to take up too much space in society, and now we're uh, we're at a point where people have to go, we're not going to allow you to take up that space. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Me Too movement and comedy, because the other day I was talking to someone, I was like, what happened to that guy? Where's he been? Or who's what happened to that guy? You're not going to mm-hmm. hear from him ever again. I mean, how has the comedy landscape changed, in your opinion? Or has it, is it better? Is it worse? Are we? Is this a good thing? I mean, I think the Me Too movement is certainly a, 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 a net plus. You know, overall, there's no question in my mind. Uh, and I think part of that means part of that means, like, for example, if you look at somebody like if you're specifically talking about comedy, like, uh, let's okay, just for the sake, if we talk about Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. Louis C.K., Aziz Ansari. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't gonna name the name. God, though, we've spoken of all these on yeah, Bitch Talk course, yeah. multiple yeah. times. So, so you look at Bill Cosby, and it's like forget to take his age out of it for a second. Just about like well, he's an old man; he's right. done anyway. But like, there's no coming back from that. From the from like we're talking about horrible, heinous. Like years, years, if he'd years. done one of the things he said that, that we that we know he that we all believe he did. That's bad. but he there's many many years of of horror. Then you go to Louis C.K. and you go, ooh, gross, 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 gross. Then you go to Aziz and you go, I, here, I just, I saw a lot of difference of opinion on that article that was written right. mm-hmm. by any difference of opinion because sometimes there's a man, I'm like, I'm just gonna shut up and let and find out what where we're all landing and listen. And then you see, well, I respect this woman and I respect this woman mm-hmm. or these women and these women and they have a difference of opinion of this. So for me, we're still in the middle mm-hmm. of who who gets to come back. Or how people get to come back. Do you get to come back and sort of reclaim your throne where you were? Or do you come back at a lesser level? Or do you now or now are you just allowed to be a behind the scenes producer mm-hmm. or are you banished forever? You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's hard to know because even though Aziz, I think like there was a it was a there was a lot of bad press, but eventually it seemed like it settled on people were like It was uh, it was, seems like they had seems like there's yeah, we've, we've, we've all, all been, been on that we've, all we've all been, been on, on that, that date. Multiple yes, and times, all, and yeah. Maybe and we've it. all, as a man, I've been on both sides of that date, you mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. and, and now it's different because I'm a, a man and I'm physically strong, so I, I don't, it's not the same power dynamic if I'm on the, I want to leave and this person doesn't want me to leave, but I've certainly been on like a, how do I get out of here? Yep. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so, but it's different. <laughs> it's totally different. So, it's just that I've been on, so... And I look, and I like. I've been watching a lot of Netflix because my special's out, and I'm always like, seeing, am I in popular on Netflix now? Is, am I trending <laughs> yes, now? Am I in? Yes. And so, and I go, Master of None is in popular all the time. Like it stays, it stays at least on my algorithm. And mm-hmm. I've never watched it on my Netflix. So I'm like, oh, it's so hmm. it tells me. And Netflix is sitting somewhere going, it's still popular. Right. So that means people are watching it. Mm-hmm. Which the business ultimately is a part of this too. Who determines they're going to yeah. be like Aziz? Uh, we're ready for season three because the business says that we were ready for season three. But so I think uh, so. My thing is like I don't think we know, but we haven't seen him come. Maybe when he comes back, up uh, the culture goes overwhelmingly goes. Yes, we've missed you. Or maybe when he comes back, enough people go mm, that he has to. We don't know. And I think it's hard to answer these questions. Like what is what does it mean? What is happening? Because we're still in the middle of the thing. Like it's like the. It's we're still in the middle of sorting through this, and 
maybe we don't know what happened for another 10 years because Aziz is in his 30s, Louis C.K. is in his 40s, maybe he's in his 50s now. You know, these people are still around. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like with Bill Cosby, it's like we can pretty sure that's a wrap. That's, but we have yet to see the comeback for anybody. Mm -hmm. And some of these people are going to try to come back, you know? And I don't, and I can't answer what that means, but I do feel like, you know, thank God the conversation's happening. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, me and my friend Dwayne talk about this all the time because of like, think about the Aziz situation. There's a lot of room for debate about what that happened, but it may mean at the end of the day, the disease feels like that disease is like that disease doesn't come back. Mm -hmm. That maybe he sort of like transitions to something else or becomes a producer and he doesn't, but who knows? And we can just debate about whether that's right or not. But I think some dudes are going to just go down because right now there's a lot, it's sort of like it's all happening. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like you get caught because up in of the, the sh- timing, the timing yeah. and the shrapnel, and it's just the ne- it's necessary. It's it's sort of like casualties of war. You know, mm-hmm. no no dude that I know can escape cleanly from the Me Too conversation because we've all had moments like like even if the Aziz thing is an example of like even though there's debate, maybe he doesn't come back or maybe he comes back in a different way. Well, we've all been in that. Mm-hmm. Every dude I know has been in a version of like I thought it was cool. Right. You know, like right. and so and that includes me. So it's like if 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 in some sense it's like well, what would I do if some woman that I was like, I thought Kamal did this, da da da, and I'm like, but I thought I would have to also go. Well, I guess it's my, you know what I mean. Like it's like Al Franken, another comedian uh, turned. Uh, you know, yeah. it's funny how mm-hmm. we forgot that seems like also. ten years ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If he was a comedian, maybe he could have gotten away with it in a different way. But maybe. as a politician, especially no. when you're the voice of authority, of moral authority. Yep. But for me, it's like I had friends who were like who were liberals who were like, I don't want Al Franken to go away. Yep. I don't yep. want. That was and my I was mom. Like, and I was like, <laughs> he has to go. <laughs> it's just like we can't. If this is what the if this is what the moment is. Yep. He he's has not bigger to. than the moment. Wh- which is go. sad because on the other end, our president and other people on the other side, they didn't have to go. Right. But it was because we have a moral conscience. We have a moral, but I feel like we have to like. <laughs> how do we get rid of that? We, how do we can you <laughs> teach us? Can you Tell have an episode on that? We have fifteen. <laughs> we have ten minutes. Where, where do you travel for get, that? How do we, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we get rid of? Let's go someplace. So let's go to let's go to the White House and find out how you live without a moral <laughs> yeah, conscience. We'll stop Ooh. now and go. Yeah. So I mean, but I but I think the other side of this is that Al Franken has to go because I feel like all of this is the culture getting stronger to sort of finally deal with the Trump thing. To like these are all sit ups and push ups to go okay, but this is a this is a, a really this is a much bigger problem than the rest of this. Like, but because he's the president and the way politics works, and because our elected officials don't have mm-hmm. a stomach for actually con- real confrontation with each other, mm-hmm. it's going to take longer. Although yesterday's hearing was really interesting. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, yeah. I heard about. No, no, no. But I just go watch it. I heard. I heard there was some back and forth. I just like, it's yeah, good. (laughs) Well, there were people clapping in the like in the press gallery (laughs) when people were talking up and when he was talking up, which was interesting. That is who, and it was the FBI. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's always it's so funny to me right now that. There's this whole Robert with Robert Mueller, like the FBI will save us, which, which is, is not scary. exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how people of 
color yeah. and felt his throat came up the FBI. <laughs> the FBI will take care no of this. Oh, uh, that shows help. how desperate oh, we are, the though. The FBI is here. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> you would think they'd step up. Yeah. Well, I just want to get that big baby, that big Trump baby that they flew in London. Oh, I want to get that so over amazing. here. I will chip in Did you see the that. clip of the, uh, the woman talking on Piers Morgan yesterday? No. no uh, oh, I try to stay away from him. I mean, it was just, yeah, he's, he's horrible. He's basically their Trump. He's, he just didn't run terrible. for Yeah, he's terrible. But she's like, she, he's doing the thing that people on the right do all the time, like accuse everybody on the left of being in lockstep. And she, he's like, why would you be against Trump and his immigration policies, but you weren't against Obama? She's like, I was against Obama. Like, well, why weren't you protesting? And it's like, well, because the moment was different. And he's like, well, you're here, Obama. And she goes, I'm literally a communist, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And I just was like, she was like, I'm, this is, I'm, it's not a left-right debate. Right. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, with your Emmy nominations now, and, and I'm assuming you're going to be uh, filming some more of Yes, we, we start working on pre-production already, very okay. soon. Yeah. Are you going to be possibly attacking more of what's going on in D.C.? Or maybe I mean, not attacking. I, I should say uh, I mean, in conversation. Exploring. exploring. I mean, episode is basically like right. a what went wrong in America conversation. And right. as much as we tried to in season three steer clear from like just bringing Trump into it if we didn't have to, you just have to. Because there's basically for every societal ill, there's a clip of Trump saying something. About there's it a that, connection that makes yeah. it worse, you know. So, uh, so yeah. But we're certainly the, we are our like the way I had to think of the show is like it's a comedian's investigation with what went wrong in America, and a lot of that comes out of D.C. And we're actually talking about doing a D.C. episode mm-hmm. about what it's like to live in Washington D.C. It's basically nobody thinks about it. It's basically like a factory town, but the factory is politics. Right. And so a lot of people work in Washington D.C. and they work for every administration, no matter who it is, because it's just we we. It's like we used to make Ford Fiestas, and now we make Ford Tourists. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's the just hamster like, running on the wheel. Yeah, it's but like for... it's not, yeah. So I don't really necessarily care who's there because I just have to like make sandwiches. My job is to make sandwiches for whoever's in the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. So we're actually talking about doing. It. And also, there's a lot of activism in D.C. Yes. and mm-hmm. D.C. is a city that we don't think about enough in some sense like puerto rico like taxation with no representation like they don't have a they don't have a senator they don't have a congressperson Hmm. yeah and think about that yeah no there's so weird it is totally weird (laughs) it's its own it's not a it's not a state it's a municipality or whatever so it's not and so you think so for example dc i think that i know at one point i don't know what's happening now they dc the city voted to legalize marijuana and the federal government said nope hmm so it's like they because the federal government runs DC, they're like basically in charge of DC. So it's there's a lot to talk about there. <sighs> Are you gonna try and get uh, uh, his majesty on your show at all? Trump? If yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna go oh. to DC, people ask that. I just I want to have good conversations with people. And the thing you'll I'll say about Richard Spencer is as much as he's a uh, you know, uh, pitiable like just sort of like like his 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 ideals are horrible he actually can have a conversation he's spoken he knows, i won't yeah. say well spoke he's spoken he's spoken, he, yeah, he's yeah. spoken. <laughs> he, he knows how to have the tennis match of a conversation yeah he's got uh, crazy eyes but he's I did, spoken had to know how to like the ones who wanted to talk to me did the ones who didn't stay away from me right mm-hmm. I don't, Trump. There's no evidence that Trump's able to have a conversation. No, it's like Tourette's. No. It's like he won't even spoke, do a, spit hold out a press words. conference for the. He won't even do a press conference. He hasn't right. done any press conferences, official press conferences. Right. So for me, it's like I, I have no interest in because that only works out poorly for me. Because then 
people because he won't have a conversation. He'll just monologue. I won't be able to get a word in edgewise, and then all the people are gonna be like, "Why didn't you punch him in the face?" Like, you know? Yeah, right. Like, You'll get pissed on from both sides. Why didn't I want to go to federal jail for the rest of my life? I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, having having traveled around with your show, at, at least watching it for me does give me some sense of hope. Do, do these issues seem a, a little easier to solve having traveled and, and spoken to all these people across the country, or are you just like fuck? No, I think <laughs> the thing that when you talk, no matter who you talk to, and this is even weirdly true of the Klan, that the basic issues are: I either don't have a job and I want a job, or I have a job and it's not good enough. Uh, I want my kids to have better schools. I want my neighbor to be safer. Everybody wants the same stuff. It's just we get broken up into the team sports of politics, and then politicians use are the things that separate the things that are make us different as ways to divide us. So Trump is using mm. the Klan members, sort of like those sort of this aspect of white people are like, I just feel like as a white person I'm supposed to be more successful, and he goes, Yeah, you are. <laughs> you know, like he sort of plays into that, and that makes it, yeah, I should be, which means not. A, and if other people are successful, that's we need to take them out of this country because I need because I'm not. And it's like, and he plays into that, which which gins up the base, as they say. So for me, it's like if you could get the team sport of politics, left right, like especially the left right dichotomy that doesn't really exist, you could actually talk about real issues in this country. So, mm. but unfortunately, because of the way we've set up the, especially the presidential thing. There's no way to, you, nobody can be like, I'm just a good person who's running for president and I don't have a political affiliation. You just can't. You can't do it. Then you're, then you're, then you're nothing. Right. Yeah. And you got to take that corporate money. Yeah. Just to, just to get into the conversation. <laughs> yep. It's like, you got to take the corporate money. You have to like, you have to have a half a billion dollars just to sit down at the running for president conversation mm-hmm. and you can't get there without first, are you a Republican or a Democrat? You know? Mm-hmm. I'm a Democratic Socialist. No, no, no. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Right. You know, like you I'm conservative, but I have liberal. Are you? Repu- you know, you have to f- pick one of those boxes, and they're very limiting boxes. So, are you going to run for uh, <laughs> office in 2020? This is the third time I've been asked this recently. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last question I have to ask. <laughs> no, I'm not running for office in nothing, nothing. Twenty, nobody. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's not. I have no. To me, it just shows how bereft we are of leadership. That like. We're just starving of, yeah. Like, yeah, but you're wrong? a curious person, so that I am a curious person. But what's what about politics? As it helps that it uh, promotes curious people, right? You know, I just feel Damn like uh, the work that I can do is better f- from here. I think than if I was like suddenly like, you know, like uh, like is sitting behind a desk calling funders asking them to donate money to my next election, even though it's in three years. But I have to get that started before I fix the potholes. But you have a. TV show, so that's half the battle. Also, yeah, because, because they're now, yeah, so. that's, true. that's true. Yeah, you, you got one I check. Ha- I already have a reality. I already have a reality TV Were show. Were you born in Kenya? Because yeah, that would be two checks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you know, and I won an Emmy, and our president didn't win an Emmy. So. Oh snap! Shade. Excuse me. Well, W. Kamau Bell, thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. Sorry, I forced you into it, but I'm not sorry. No, I'm not sorry. And I was kidding. I was happy to be invited. And thank, thank you for you. making it easy for me. Of this course. has been so fun. Thanks for the flowers and the, and the champagne, and now I'm going to go to sleep. Okay, and good night. <laughs> good night. That was uh, our friend, W. Kamal Bell, and CNN host. Just chatting it up with him last year. It's uh, It was our 300th episode that we released, and we were really stoked to sit down and speak with him. Um, he's a wonderful person. So if you don't follow him or don't know him, please do. Please follow him. He's really live on Twitter. So you can find him at uh, Twitter and uh, 
We love him so much. Um, don't forget, you can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us every Monday morning on bff.fm from 5.30 to 6. You can also find us at Cobb's Comedy Club. On Sunday, September 8th, we are helping to promote a show called Really Funny Comedians Who Happen to Be Women. We will have on the show Irene Two, Natasha Muse, Sandy Steck, and it's hosted by Chelsea Bierce. You can find those tickets at Cobb's Comedy Club.com. And we hope to see you there. Bitch, please.